Welcome to the latest episode of Hallway Moments, a mini-series on the Space to Build podcast. In this episode, Andrew McCoy and I are joined by Chris Thompson, the Director of Strategic Housing at Virginia Housing. Throughout this episode, we discuss various topics related to housing policies, affordability, and community needs, as well as Chris's current work in affordable housing and his goals for the future. We also explore the available resources for potential homeowners, renters, and developers. So before we get started, I would like to say that this episode was brought to you by the Virginia Center for Housing Research at Virginia Tech. DCHR is the official housing research and information center for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Through an interdisciplinary college research center in Virginia Tech's College of Engineering, DCHR focuses on housing affordability through innovative solutions and technology. VCHR provides services to localities, the state, federal agencies, nonprofit organizations, and for-profit businesses. If you would like to learn more, please head to vchr.vt.edu. All right, let's get started. Our guest today is here to talk about housing policy. But before we hear from him, I thought maybe I could provide some background on the topic for our listeners. Sure. Where would you like to start? Housing policy isn't quite my forte. But I have more of a commercial background, so this is why this is going to work out great. So what can I learn from you today? Awesome. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, well, for the U.S. anyway, modern housing policy really started with Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal, which produced a lot of what we know to be public housing programs today. Uh, the New Deal was in response to substandard housing in many parts of the United States, but especially because they were worried about where to house all of the GIs coming home from World War II. Apparently, the U.S. government failed to provide good benefits to World War I veterans and did not want to repeat that problem. So when did the housing program go into effect? Uh, well, it, the government decided in 1933 um, when Congress introduced public housing in trial form as part of a public works bill to kind of put all this into effect. And then the U.S. Housing Act of 1937 set up the permanent program that still exists today. This was only the beginning, though. So I have a general idea of what this looked like um, and how it transitioned and where it is today. But do you mind explaining how the program started and, you know, kind of work us work us towards what is going on today? Well, sure. It's changed over time. So over time, the U.S. government needed innovation to help drive improvements in our housing stock. In 1962, the Kennedy administration introduced the U.S. Department of Commerce's Civilian Industrial Technology Program, or CITP, which studied the state of technology and information needs and created an industry university service for providing diffusion and technical aid. In the late 1960s, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's Operation Breakthrough established mechanisms for mass production of housing, um, eliminated institutional and structural barriers to modernization, including regulatory ones in the form of building codes that prohibited the installation and therefore creation of new technologies. In the late 90s, though, several federal programs pushed innovation. The Department of Energy's Building America program Environmental Protection Agency's Energy Star for Homes and HUD's Partnership for Advanced Advancing Technology and Housing, which is also called PATH. So how impactful have these programs actually been? Well, some have been uh, successful and some have been less successful. The U.S. Department of Commerce's Civilian Industrial Technology Program 
it failed largely because housing innovation policy is politically contentious, not just for policymakers, but for the housing industry itself. Operation Breakthrough could not overcome the locally regulated and market-specific nature of the industry. That said, HUD's path was successful for a decade, and DOE's Building America program and EPA's Energy Star for Homes are still driving innovation in housing. So I really just wanted to mention all of this as a background to today's guest. He is an expert in programs and policies that drive housing options and innovation. So today our guest is Chris Thompson, who is the Director of Strategic Housing at Virginia Housing. Chris, nice to meet you. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, so just a little bit about myself. I was born in Virginia, down in Central Virginia, in the city of Lynchburg. Um, most of my family still resides in that area. And i got to say, I still have a real fondness for that region. Um, after high school, I moved down to Blacksburg to begin my college experience at Virginia Tech. I started off there as a business major and just by chance, you know, one of my electives, I took a uh, world cities course and just really got into it. Got me hooked on kind of learning about the city design and planning. So changed over to what was back then urban affairs and planning. And after Blacksburg moved up to Northern Virginia uh, with a couple of guys I had met in school who were from Northern Virginia. So we moved up there and, um, you know, did a couple of odd jobs before I got kind of my professional career going, you know, worked at like a sporting store, for instance, and then, um, got a great job working for a company that was a housing and urban development contractor. And we did everything from back office work to research and data collection. So that really gave me a lot of experience in terms of just understanding the housing and community development world, uh, kind of learning the lingo and terminology and give me a lot of um, kind of experience and just policy in general. So it's been about six years doing that, but really wanted to do something that was a little more hands-on, a little more community oriented and was very fortunate to find a position at the state with the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development. So uh, I spent actually 16 years there and did everything from, you know, working in the weatherization program, the neighborhood stabilization program, federal programs like CDBG and HOME, a lot of policy work, um, learned a lot about housing finance and homelessness uh, solutions. Great work there. I mean, I, I can't tell you what, what love I have for that agency. I was surrounded by some real, really brilliant minds uh, in uh, the community development world. And what was great was, you know, getting exposure to a broad range of community needs. I mean, we addressed everything from you know, water and sewer to broadband, housing, uh, healthcare. I mean, it was really wonderful. And then just, you know, by chance, um, I was having lunch with someone who worked at Virginia housing and they were telling me about a position that was coming up, just not recruiting me, but just, you know, kind of came up in conversation, but I was really intrigued by it. And it was really kind of what I love doing, which is getting out around the Commonwealth, getting into communities, walking around neighborhoods and trying to problem solve. And so I was fortunate to be 
offered a position at Virginia Housing, which is our state housing finance agency. And so I had spent the last six years working at Virginia Housing. Chris, that's a great history. And I, it filled in actually some gaps that I didn't even know. We've been working together over a decade and yeah. what a great history that you have and how you got to Virginia Housing. Do you mind just telling us a little bit more about Virginia House, what its role is and, and what it tries to do in the state. And then I'd love to hear also with that more about how you've been working around the state. I, part of your job is innovation and, and driving innovation, but I, I know there's a lot of other parts to it too. So anything you can tell us about that, I'd love to hear. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So uh, Virginia Housing, we are the state housing finance agency and just celebrated our 50th anniversary. So we were created back in 1972, um, really as a public-private partnership to help Virginians attain quality, affordable housing. And so we're really involved in so many aspects of the, the housing world, everything from creating home ownership opportunities through financing of multifamily development. And we also do a lot to support our partner networks, just helping them to grow capacity and be able to help serve the communities. So, you know, working at Virginia Housing has been great. It, it's a, a wonderful organization, and I think we do great work across Virginia. What I love about the job is I get to see all parts of the state, yeah, everywhere from coal fields of Virginia, southern Virginia, Northern Virginia, just everywhere. And, you know, what it's great to see. It's so interesting. You're always learning. And part of this work is, you know, finding out, you know, what are some of the you know, kind of pain points? What, what are some places where maybe we can intervene, you know, be a facilitator, be a partner. And that's what I love doing, just that, that whole troubleshooting part and seeing how we can uh, help create better communities. You know, for me, this whole conversation around housing is so important because, you know, whatever we're out talking about housing, it's not just housing. It's about how that really is a foundation for a community. You know, we see housing have impacts on everything from educational attainment, better health outcomes, certainly wealth building, economic competitiveness. And so, you know, it's easy for us to talk about housing and it's important because it is such a, a foundational issue for, for communities. And what we also see is the stress that the lack of housing options really creates for folks who live and work in Virginia. And so the interest has been not just about affordable housing, we want to make sure that there are housing options for everyone in the community. So that's integrated and equitable neighborhoods and housing that's available for you know, everything from what we call permanent supportive housing, affordable workforce housing, as well as market rate housing. You know, what I've learned over time is that, um, we just need to talk about housing, uh, in terms of having a different conversation you know, leaving some of the industry terms and Lego at home. So not really talking about things like, you know, median income or affordable or attainable or workforce housing, but really trying to make it more of a personal conversation. We need housing for people who educate your kids, for those who work in public service, those that you see when you're out getting gas or buying groceries, as well as those who are maybe at risk of becoming homeless. 
So again, we talk about what's the face of the community and how important it is to really have that continuum of housing opportunities for everyone. So if I transition a little bit into the discussion around, you know, housing technology, it's just kind of a natural segue because we have a severe shortage of housing. We're not building at the same rate that we used to. And we certainly in this industry are not keeping up with demand. Uh, and we're also kind of losing ground in some areas. So, yeah, I think the concept of, of like entry-level housing or starter housing just starting to fade. So because of that, we need to think about the housing industry from the technology side, from the delivery side, and look at how we can build more efficiently, how we can build at a higher rate, and also how we can build at less cost. That's everything from traditional site-built housing, factory-built housing, and we certainly had some good experiences, some fun experiences with you know, really creative, innovative ideas like 3D printing and even manufactured housing. At the end of the day, it's not so much about how it's built. It's more about increasing the amount of quality and affordable housing we can build. But I would also say on the housing technology side, there is, is that kind of wow factor with some of the stuff that we do. And so that certainly, you know, creates some interest. And so, you know, when you get to see a, um, 3D printer in action, kind of right up in your face firsthand. It's exciting. And so I think there's a lot of, of exciting things happening in the industry as well. Andrew's going to have some more tech questions, but I wanted to kind of bring it back to the concept of affordable housing. You started to talk about the different types of affordable housing and your community first driven language. I was curious to learn about those different types of programs that are available to people and what we can look forward to seeing in the future on that front. Sure. So if you, you start at the national level, the federal level, you, you've got some of the, the well-known programs like the tax credit program, which has been a, a major driving force in affordable housing production for a long time. You also have other federal programs, the home program, the federal housing trust program and community development grant, black grant program, all of which have been around for a number of years and which are essential to helping to create more housing as well as to preserve what's already there. Then, you know, as you start getting into the state and the local side, um, what, one thing I will say, in spite of the market challenges we may be seeing. It is actually still a great time to be a housing professional right now, just because there are the recognition of the importance of housing. So at the, um, the state level with the Commonwealth, you're seeing unprecedented levels of investment by Virginia into programs like the housing trust fund. You see some other programs that are starting to become available locally as localities start to recognize kind of their role in housing. You're seeing a lot of kind of individual local and regional housing trust funds to complement the other resources that are out there. You are also seeing at the state level more partnership. So it's not just about the programs, but partnership and how we can bring together entities like the housing groups, along with, uh, for example, the economic development professionals and how we can work together. So 
on the programmatic side, you know, it, it has been looking very positive as of late, as we're starting to see more investment in communities. And then what I would also say, just, you know, from a personal perspective with Virginia housing, we've made some substantial investments lately in some new programs. For example, we created a new program the other year to support our public housing authorities who are going through a lot of redevelopment and revitalization efforts. So we provided some additional funding to those organizations to help catalyze the work they're doing. A neat program that I'm really proud of is another partnership with our planning district commissions across Virginia. So, you know, we recognize how important they are to, to local governments when it comes to things like planning and development. So we provided a one-time resource to them with very little strings attached and basically said, you know, your local environment better than we do. So here's an investment, take it and go build housing. And they've done an incredible job, you know, developing partnerships and identifying some creative ways to get some new housing built. So that's kind of on the programmatic side. On the policy side, if I could just go into that for just a little bit, again, I'd come back to, we are seeing so much more of a connection between housing and economic development that it's really been exciting. Local governments are now understanding that having good housing infrastructure is important to their economic competitiveness, that industries are, you know, now asking the question of where are my workers going to live? And that's a, a driving question when they're making location decisions. So, you know, on the policy side, we've been able to work more on organizations that would be like non-traditional housing groups, like economic development and industrial development authorities. And you're starting to see some new tools emerge where they can actually insert themselves into the housing developed world. And then you're also seeing some really innovative work with groups around things like community land trusts. So you're bringing some new tools to bear. We've got a great example here, the Richmond metro area with Maggie Walker, uh, that has done wonders in terms of providing that tool, which helps on the financing side for someone looking to buy a house, it makes it more affordable and also ensures long-term affordability for that house generation after generation. So we're seeing things like that. We're seeing more conversation around accessory dwelling units, as well as affordable dwelling units. Another kind of key thing that we have seen are localities stepping up and, and taking a more active role. For example, looking at assets they own, like land or buildings, and making those available for housing development. And then kind of like pulling it back to my role here at Virginia Housing and just our role in general is that we've done a lot on the creative financing side. So yeah, we, we've created programs that we self-support to help with things like down payment assistance, closing cost assistance, and mortgage rate buy-down programs, all to help make the potential to own a house more achievable. And then we've developed um, you know, new lending programs, things that do support lending for community land trusts, new lending programs to support manufactured housing development. And what really drives a lot of our work, um, mixed income and mixed use financing so that we can create 
affordable housing, blend it with market rate housing, and also the mixed use side so that we can support retail commercial development hand in hand with new housing development. I think the word is wow. You know, I mean, it's just, it's so much. And what I'm hearing, you know, across all of it is it's an exciting time. We have a lot that we need to work on in terms of trying to get more people into more housing options, um, but it's an exciting time. And, and what I really appreciate, Chris, is your leadership, of course, Virginia Housing's leadership, but also how you make this approachable and, and is really why I wanted to make sure that we had you on the podcast because you do a great job with that. My final question for you is I'm getting ready to graduate from Virginia Tech <laughs> and there's this world out there. There's so many options and so many possibilities in terms of housing. How do we make this approachable in a way that we get more young talent involved and interested and in moving forward? Do you have any thoughts on kind of what we need to be talking to people about? Because you're doing a great job talking about all of the ways that we're trying to bring this industry forward, how do we get people excited at a young you know, age and kind of talk to them about a, a path that they can take? Sure. There are a couple of different channels for that. One is we consistently hear just about the shortage of labor in the, the industry that, yeah, we need a skilled workforce and that it's just not what it used to be. So again, I think we need to revisit some of our training programs to get people back into the trades and finding new ways to reach out to, you know, kids at an early age to talk about how that is such a wonderful career path and try to make it more accessible. On that kind of track, when we talk about the workforce, things are changing. There are different skill sets that, that are needed now. And I mean, Andrew, you saw this firsthand with like the 3D printing. You're kind of changing um, the role of some of the, the folks who are on site for construction. So it may be more, you know, working with uh, CAD or engineering work, design work, and not so much the traditional trade. So I think that's a really exciting aspect that we can start playing up that it's not what you typically think of all the time when you think of the construction industry. You've got kind of this burgeoning feel that that is way more than, than what we ever imagined. And then I also think just kind of on other side of just trying to get more housing professionals into the industry, I think a lot of it is, is going back and looking at what opportunities are we having to have conversations around housing. So looking at our colleges and universities, you may have students that are on a path for economic programs or business programs. But let's also think about, are there some ways that we can start weaving in, you know, housing and public policy into those discussions? Because it may be someone like me who never had any intention of going into the field, but just stumped across it. And we're like, wow, this is really exciting, really interesting. So I think, again, as we talk more about how housing really is intertwined in so many other aspects of our lives, it's opportunity to do more when we're doing education, to start building that conversation into some of our training. And then just thinking more broadly about our folks in the field. And I can't say enough about our partners, our developers, our, our nonprofits and for-profits. They're the ones out there doing this work. 
So how can we get people excited about careers in public service and nonprofit service? Looking at things of volunteer opportunities, internships, just giving people more exposure at all level to serving the community, not necessarily talking about just housing, but housing and community development and how you can all play a role in serving your community. This has been a fantastic conversation, Chris. I feel like we could probably have multiple episodes with you on where we break out the different aspects of affordable housing, the technology, the community building. I feel like it's endless with you. So thank you so much. But before we leave, I wanted to ask, how can people connect with you in Virginia housing? Sure. So we certainly have social media presence. So you can easily begin by just going to virginiahousing.com. You've got all of our social media links below that as ways to just kind of check in on what we're doing. If you're interested as a consumer, we have programs on our webpage that walk you through the home buyer process. If you're a renter, we have renter resources, everything from helping you to find rental housing to some education of what it means to be a renter and what your rights and responsibilities are. If you're a prospective developer, we've got some resources on training and for financing. I know with my team, we're starting to do some, what we call like fundamentals of affordable housing development. So some training for like new and emerging developers, just to kind of get acclimated to this field and, and understand some of the basics. I'm certainly reachable by phone or email and more than happy to take calls and talk to folks about what we do at Virginia Housing, state of the industry, anything else I can share. And doing an incredible job at that. Thank you for being here. Just looking forward to all the exciting things you're talking about that are coming in the future and that are already existing. So thank you, Chris, for being with us and for just being such a leader in this space. And we're excited to have other people hear about all that you're doing too. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm so glad I got to meet you. I'm going to probably have to like do some more research here because you just taught me a ton of information today. If you need anything else, Catherine, just let me know. Did the topic strike a chord with you? I want to share with you a cool opportunity available to college students in construction programs. Have you heard of the Orange County Sustainability Decathlon? Well, it's a build challenge hosted by the state of California. The Decathlon Build provides college students hands-on opportunities to learn more about the latest technologies and material in zero energy design, smart home solutions, and high-performance buildings. Colleges from around the world apply to compete. However, if you want to join a team that's already started an exciting build, Virginia Tech is looking for new recruits. We need businesses, individuals, and the public to get involved. If this is something you would like to learn more about, please reach out to Dr. McCoy at APMCCOY at vt.edu for more information. Thank you so much for being here today. If you would like to chime in on the conversation, you can find us online at space2build.co. Yes, it's .co. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at space2build. When you have a moment, do you mind leaving a review for this podcast? I read your reviews at the end of each episode and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve. Any ideas to improve your experience will be more than welcomed. And remember, you belong here. There is so much space for you in our industry.